Do you remember how excited you were for Christmas as a kid? Like, you can totally respond, by the way. You know, just, just like, what happened to his eye? It's so... <laughs> like, I remember as a kid being so excited. I remember the first time that I remember putting up Christmas lights on the outside of our house. And I was out there, and I was helping my mom, because that's how we roll. <laughs> and so my mom's like, on the ladder, mom, don't fall. You know, and then like, we're getting all the lights up, and then you plug it in, and like, there's that one string that none of them work. <laughs> Remember that? You got to change out every light bulb. You're like, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? And finally, you got it all working, and you're like, this is awesome. This is the most beautiful house ever. And then my parents were like, this Friday night as a family, we're going to go look at Christmas lights, and we're going to the city of Upland. And we're like, okay, here we go. And we realize, why is all this traffic here? And you got to park far away. And then you're like walking, and people are selling stuff. You're buying like a hot chocolate on the way. Like, this doesn't happen around my house. You go, and you see all these homes, and you're like, whoa, look at all this. As a kid, you weren't thinking of the electrical bill. So now I'm like, oh, wow, look, that would be really expensive. <laughs> and it was an awesome time. And then we drive back home, and pulling into our house was like, what happened to my house? Do you feel like that in life? You're on social media, or you're at the mall, or you're going to parties, and you see what other people have, and you see uh, maybe the house that they have, and you're like, wow, this is really nice, and then you go home, and you're like, we're all squeezed into this tiny little apartment. What happened to my house? <laughs> or or you're, at, you're at a company party, and someone's telling you about the, about the promotion they just got, and you're like, oh, yeah, nice. What about my job? <laughs> You, you ever go shopping with someone and they're buying a bunch of gifts and you're like looking at your bank, banking app and you're like, what happened to my, what, what, what happened to my situation? Well, I have good news that this Christmas, here comes the light. Look at the person next to you and say, here comes the light. John's Christmas story. Because the, the Bible has one, there's one gospel, one gospel, but there's four accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And really, only Matthew and Luke give us the traditional uh, Christmas story, the nativity scene that we're used to. Mark completely skips baby Jesus. Mark just goes straight to adult miracle work in Jesus. Uh, Matthew tells us about the magi, the wise men. Luke tells us about the shepherds. And John, though, goes poetic. John starts his gospel account with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with him in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, anything that was made was made. And it gets to verse 4, and it says, in him was life, and that life was the, the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it, has not overcome it. Verse 9 says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Look at the person next to you and say, here comes the light. Even into your crazy world, here comes the light. 
Here comes the light. When we look at the different gospel accounts, we, we, we read unique things. We see how the writers had a different intent. Oftentimes, they, they were writing to a different person, to a different group of people. Matthew, Mark, and Luke tend to emphasize the events in the life of Jesus. How many of you know like events can be awesome? Like you can have an event, maybe you just had you know, a company party, you're like, it was awesome. You know, and remember their, their wedding day? Are you like, uh, which one? <laughs> you remember like, you remember how beautiful she was when she was walking down the aisle? Do you remember when your first kid was born? An event. In a couple years, I turned 50, and I kept telling Lindsay, like, are we going to have, like, a big event? You know, I don't know if I want one. I don't know. But, like, in an event, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in their gospel accounts, focus on the events in the life of Jesus. John takes a little different perspective, and John focuses on the meaning of the events. Not just what happened, but, but why does it matter? Sometimes in life, we're, we're so busy we're so just going from this to that that we're not really focused on and thinking about what difference does this make? Why is this, why is this happening? What, what is the meaning of Christmas? What's the meaning of Christmas to you? Is it just setting up your fake tree? <laughs> Decorating it? Putting decorations around the house? Going to the mall and getting so angry trying to find a parking spot? I just read there's in the Christian news, they were talking about how this Christmas, the malls are crowded and the churches are empty. What is the meaning of Christmas? Those of us who are parents, for our kids, what's the meaning of Christmas? Is it just setting out some cookies and some milk on Christmas Eve? And then the kids in the morning like, oh my goodness, Santa was hungry. And what they don't realize is, no, you had to undo your belt loop a few extra notches, right? <laughs> Mom and dad are Santa, right? Like, what is the meaning of Christmas? Thousands of years ago, as Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem, it was dark out. And I think that as we look around our world today, we can acknowledge it's dark out. It's dark. We, we look at what's going on in the, the political divide in our country and it's dark out. We look at what's happening as, as suicide rates are, are off the charts and now more and more is a, a growing push for, for assisted suicide and it's dark out. You look at the war in Ukraine with Russia and it's dark out. You look at the war in the Middle East and it's dark out. You, you, you look at what, what's happening with terrorists and it is dark out. But I have good news. Here comes the light. You're like, but there's war. In World War II, they had blackouts. They would tell cities, they would tell towns. At night, you gotta turn all the lights off. Why? Because as the enemy pilots would be flying over, they would see light, and light would represent, we're here. 
When Jesus showed up, the light of the world is Jesus' way of saying, I'm here. Here's the thing. Light came for you. Light came to be with you. And light came to shine through you. Let me say that again. Light came for you. Light came to be with you. And light came to shine through you. And the darkness has not overcome the light. Oh yeah, there is darkness, but it has not overcome the light. And I, we, like, we like that, and we tend to think like, we're overcomers, the darkness can't conquer the light, and that is true, but is there more meaning to it than that? You see, in the Greek, the word overcome can actually, it can also mean to understand or to comprehend. So it could be that the darkness cannot even understand the light. The darkness can't even comprehend the light. Did you have a hard time comprehending anything in school when you were young? A lot of people struggle with math, not me. Like math, I was like, I, was, I knew math. My grandpa was a mathematician for NASA. My step-grandpa was a mathematician for NASA. My step-grandpa was my grandpa's boss, and then my grandma decided she would upgrade her marriage. <laughs> Weird. Crazy story, people, but true. And, and so, like, I don't know if it was in the genes. I don't know if it's just because I was taught. Like, so I never struggled with math. But, but one of the people in our household who will not go named is struggling with math right now is not really getting it from the teacher. So each morning is showing up at math camp at school an hour early, and she is learning, and she's understanding it because this teacher is able to communicate it in a way that she, that she understands. So sometimes it's who we're learning it from, and sometimes it's just an unwillingness to learn. The darkness can't even understand, can't even comprehend the light. You know people who just don't get it when you talk with them about your life? About how you, like, wait, you go to church? They just don't understand? Talking with someone, just, oh my, I had like the best night ever on Friday night. So like, what'd you do? I was like, Lindsay went out, Lindsay and I went out on a date. They're like, where'd you go? We went here. It was awesome, didn't cost us anything. It was a gift certificate from Albert and Candace, so thank you, this last Friday night. It was like, oh, we, we had a great time. We're like, so what'd you do? We just, we just spent time together and had food. It was like, so someone who's used to all this just doesn't get it? Some people in your life, the, the darkness, they don't understand. How can you be happy if you're not doing this? How can you be happy if you're not engaging in this, in this activity? Here's the thing, light can penetrate into the darkness of our minds. But there is a spiritual battle between the light and the darkness. Some people, they don't want to see the light. If I were to blindfold you, you, know, you ever been blindfolded? When you were a kid, have you ever been blindfolded? <laughs> <laughs> maybe pin the tail on the, on the donkey, spin you around, you know, you're just like try, trying to see, like 
when you're blindfolded, you can't, you can't see. But some people, some people want to stay blindfolded. They don't want to see the light. In First Peter, we read that we've been called out of the darkness into his marvelous light, into his glorious light. We've been called out of how we were living in darkness into a new life, into the light. We, when you're in darkness, it's, it's destruction. When it's darkness, you're actually doing damage, not, to yourself, not only to yourself, but to other people. It's not just the addiction that you have, it's the addiction that you're helping other people have. But when you step out of the darkness, because we're called out of the darkness into the light, we actually can have a positive impact in the world. So if we're called out of the darkness into the light, we're called to be separate but not isolate. That as the light is to the dark, it's separate, but the light should shine into the darkness where there shouldn't be isolation. The, that we should have contact, the light should have contact with the darkness, but not get t- contaminated by the darkness. In Ephesians, Paul writes this, chapter 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness. Paul's not saying that you were once in the darkness. He's saying for you were once darkness. But now. Some will say but now. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Have you ever seen a little kid trying to imitate their parent? That's how we should be with God. As children of the light, verse 9, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's why even right now, some believers, there are some things that need to be exposed. There are some some things that need to be exposed in the school system. There are some things that need to be exposed in culture. Verse 12 says, it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Like At this church, we keep it real. At this church, we address real issues. But there are some things, even as Paul is saying here, it's too shameful to even discuss. It's not appropriate There are some things that are not appropriate to discuss with the first, second, and third grader. There are some things that are not appropriate, but people do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up. (laughs) Look at the person next to you and say, wake up. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I want to talk with you about three aspects of light. Three aspects of light. If you're taking notes, which I encourage you to, the first thing to write down is that light reveals God. Light reveals God. Jesus says, when you see me, you've seen the Father. First creation, original creation, began with let there be light. New creation begins with light entering into our hearts. The Apostle Paul writes about that in 2 Corinthians. That is salvation. 
But salvation is not the end. Salvation is the beginning. There's a journey. Sometimes we can look at people and be like, whoa, they are really messed up. Whoa, they got a lot of issues. Whoa, I can't believe they're coming into church like that. No, that's how they should be coming into God's house. That's how they should be coming into God's presence. Because it is a journey. It's a journey. Light represents what is good, what is true, what is holy. If that's what light represents, then our lives should be open, honest, and sincere. People say, oh, Christians, all a, all a bunch of hypocrites. That's not how we should be. It means that we don't hide. Some people are hiding from God. Even Adam and Eve. Where are you at? You really can't hide from God. We just think we are. So some people are hiding from others. You're hiding your search history from your spouse. You're you're hiding those numbers from your boss. You're, 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 I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the people joining online right now. <laughs> Nobody here. <laughs> but we're hiding. We live in a world where it's like we, we can become so good at, at hiding. When you're a kid and you're playing hide and go seek, you try to find the darkest place. You try to go find that closet, get in the back of the closet, behind all the clothes. You want to find the darkest place when you're hiding. You're not going to go out and just sit in the middle of the room with the lights on. And go find like the creepiest place and try to hide behind drapes or whatever because you want to be in the dark. Isn't it amazing how even today too many of us are drawn to the darkest places because we're ashamed and we're, we're hiding in the dark, we're, we're hiding, but, but if light reveals God, we've got to be honest with God. God, this is, this is who I am. It's not like God's going to be like, no way. I didn't realize you were that messed up. God, listen, you're more messed up than you know. God, God knows it. Got to be honest with God. But we also got to be honest with ourselves. And too many people are not honest with themselves. We try to justify it. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, it's just a little bit more of, than the prescription says. When, like, your name's not even on the prescription. <laughs> the, the things that we try to justify, we've got to be honest with ourselves. That's what light does when you put it in the light. We, we, to be honest with ourselves, and we need to have people that we're honest with. Now, I'm not just saying to be an open book with everyone, but we have to have, be in a community. That's why we're passionate about people plugging into groups, because you've got to have people around you that you can have like, this is who I am. No secrets. But yet we live in a world of secrets. <laughs> If I just wanted to see one of your devices, like give me the passcode to everything and look in, you'd be like, no way. Because <laughs> you might have some secrets. You might have some secrets from the people even closest to you. Here's the thing, secrets destroy us. Do you remember being a kid? 
being exhausted because you would tell a lie and then you're trying to carry the lie, so it's this. And you're, you're trying to keep your story straight and it happens to us as adults because we got these secrets that, that are destroying us on the inside. Can you imagine how easy and how comforting life would be without secrets, without anything to hide? I, I have global entry, TSA pre-check. So when I go to airports, I have a separate line. You know, you, 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 know, you go to, through that line. And, and I, only carry tr I only have carry-on. I don't check bags. I'm just, I don't want to get lost. I don't want to wait. So going through security, I put my bags on the belt to go through the scanner. And then you walk through the little thing. Normally, TSA, you don't have to do the whole... Isn't that such a weird position to take, by the way? When did they design this? You know? If you really want to mess them, just like flex some time or just be like, just do something different, throw them off. As I'm going through security, I'm never like stressed, like, I'm never worried. I, got, I have nothing hidden in my bag. I'm not worried what they're going to look at. I'm not worried as I'm walking through that because I, I have nothing to hide. But when you have something to hide, you're worried about them finding this. You're worried about your spouse finding this. You're worried about your boss discovering this. You're worried. It is exhausting when we're so much trying, trying to hide. Listen, your destiny is not in what you hide, but in what God's light reveals. Here comes the light. Light reveals God. The second thing light does is light exposes what is wrong. Where there's darkness, there's evil. Where there's darkness, it's false. Where there's darkness, it's wicked. As a kid, my mom would, she would pay me, did I just whistle? That's talent. Do I, if only I could do it like on purpose. I'd be in the circus. The, the one-eyed whistler, you know. <laughs> My mom would pay me to read books. And that's like where you try to get, okay, mom, how about this book? She'd be like, no, you're 10. This is like for a two-year-old. It's a picture book. I'm not going to pay you to read this. So then she's like, okay, I'll pay you depending on how many pages there are. And my mom would like read it and she would question me. So I had to, I had to be able to give answers. So I'm like, oh, for every page. So I had this brilliant idea. There were these choose your own adventure books. However many pages, you only had to read half. You were only taking one of the two adventures. I thought that was pretty brilliant. Apparently you're, you're not that impressed. <laughs> Here's the thing, I, I would choose which adventure you're reading this, turn to this page, turn to this. You can choose your own path. You can walk in the darkness, or you can walk in the light. It's your decision. It's going to be an adventure either way, but which one are you going to decide? And sometimes people don't want to step into the light because the light reveals, the light exposes what is wrong. I don't want to be exposed. I don't want to be revealed, so I'm going to keep walking in the dark. We don't transform in other to follow Jesus. We transform as we follow Jesus. 
And sometimes we're like, we look at in the light, people in the light, well, they're farther along than me. Well, they, they, they have it more together. They don't, they don't have any, any issues. If you saw them before they stepped into the light, we step into the light with issues. We don't wait till all the issues are gone. We don't step into the light when all the problems are gone. We don't step into the light when all the struggle is gone. We step into it with the problems, with the struggles. It's like, oh, here I am but you can feel exposed. How many got ready today in the dark? Point to someone who looks like they got ready in the dark. <laughs> no, just kidding. Don't do it. <laughs> Why not? Why would you not get ready in the dark? You can't see. You'd be like, I don't want to put it on. Ladies, would you want to do your makeup in the dark? Where do I put it? Come on. If you're anything like Lindsay, it's like, ah, oh, this light's not good enough. I got to go find better light. I got to find better light. I got I to gotta find better light. And then you find really good light, and you're like, oh, okay. You know? Even this morning, she's like trying to put stuff on my eye. No, I would rather have a weird looking eye than makeup. <laughs> I gotta put this, I gotta cover this blemish, and I gotta cover because the better the light, the more it exposes the, the imperfections in our life. Have you ever come into church and just felt horrible? No, I'm not talking about you felt horrible before you came to church. I'm talking about coming into church and then feeling horrible. Like, no, no, you come into God's presence and you feel better. Most of the time. But there are times where you come in here. And you're convicted. And if you let the enemy speak to you, it turns into shame. If you start talking to yourself, and it's no longer presence awareness, but self-awareness, then you're just reminded of, wow, how broken I am, how much there is to resolve. You ever heard ignorance is bliss? No, it's not. For a moment. But you become aware, and you're like, whoa. What do you do when you become aware? Repent. There's not much talk about repentance these days. God, I'm sorry. But it's not just lip service. True repentance is, is, is being sorry, but then making a change. Changing your direction. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're never going to fall. It doesn't mean you're never going to make mistakes. But it's like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be living in the dark. I'm stepping into the light. And when you do that, you receive forgiveness. Oh, do you know what God wants to bring into your life? Yeah, we try to live in the dark, broken. We try to live in the dark, covering up. We try to live in the dark, hiding. But God wants to bring you into the surgery room. When I was a freshman in high school and I shattered my ankle playing football, and basically they were like, the growth plate in your left ankle is completely shattered. If you grow any taller, one leg's going to be shorter than the other. So you'll have a, a limp, you know. I was like, then I'll finally be able to walk cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, they're the same length. <laughs> and so I get brought into the surgery room. They're going to be putting a bunch of hardware in my ankle. 
I, I remember getting pushed into this room. And there's like light everywhere. This is bright. This is bright. This is bright. It's just bright lights everywhere. They, not there to do damage to my ankle, but to fix the damage. If, had, had I got pushed into that operating room and it was completely dark, and the doctor's like, hey, where you at? Marco, Mark, can you make some noise? Wait, is this your face? Is this your... Isn't it amazing what we try to put back together on our own that we're not qualified for in the dark? Listen, light doesn't come to shame you. Light comes to save you, to strengthen you, and sustain you. Let me say that again. God's light does not come to shame. It comes to save you, to strengthen you, and to sustain you. God's light, it, it reveals God. It exposes what is wrong, but then it produces fruit. Isn't it amazing how, how we think like things might just happen on their own? Do you ever just stare in your backyard and wait for fruit to grow? I don't, I don't have a fruit tree. I've never planted a fruit tree. You ever like look in the mirror and think like, oh, why am I not losing weight? Or why am I not, you know, getting this? But you're, you're eating the same way? Yeah. You ever like think that you're going to go to the gym and not really work out, but transform? Yeah. It produces fur, fruit, but when you step into the light, it requires obedience. Yeah. It, it requires habits. There's three motives for obedience. I'm out of time, so let me give this to you really quick. The first, the first level of obedience is have to. When you're a, a kid, I have to go to bed at this time. You're obeying because you have to. There's a second level of obedience. That's not have to. It's need to. Someone, you're going to go to work tomorrow because you need to. Oh, you can tell your boss what you really think about them, but then you want to get the paycheck and you need that. So on our journey with God, sometimes it's stepping from darkness into light. We realize, okay, I have to, I have to, I have to. Someone is in church today. The only reason is because you have to. You're like, I have to. Otherwise, my spouse says, I can't sleep at home tonight. I have to. Someone, you're here because, because you, you need to. You need to because you keep falling. You keep struggling. I, I need to. But then there's a third level that you want to. That you want to. You know what? Like seeing progress, whether it be if you're on a diet or at the gym, and you start seeing progress, and then, then you actually discover that you want want to, when, when you discover how good following God is, and you discover how much better it is, and you begin to see the fruit, then you're like, it's not that I have to or need to, and I do, but I, but I want to. And you might be here and be like, yeah, but, but I don't have time for that. I don't have time to... I don't have time to make a church a priority each week. I don't have time to get plugged into groups and serve. I don't, have, I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time. 
You don't. Isn't it amazing how much, and interesting how much time we spend uh, in addiction? Isn't it amazing and interesting how much time we spend in destructive behavior? Whatever that might be. And when all that's gone, you realize, I have so much more time. When you're not busy hiding things, God can start building something. If you were to picture God as an artist and and you're the canvas, and God's gonna paint something beautiful, he doesn't do it in the dark, he does it in the light. Starts to paint, he's like, "I I don't know what this is. I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but eventually it is something, it is something beautiful. Light produces fruit. The John the Baptist in John chapter one, if we were to read more, it says that, that he was not the light, the true light. He came as a witness to the true light. It is dark in our world today and we need to shine the light of Jesus. We, we need to be okay realizing that, that, the, that this light reveals God. We've got to step into the light. As we do, it, it's going to reveal some things. I think some things have been revealed in our lives, in our world. It's like, wait, hold on. There's some stuff that's been exposed that this is wrong. But God doesn't leave it there that light produces fruit. And part of that fruit is us carrying that light, is us being a witness to the light, is us leading other people into a relationship with Jesus. As a kid, I would sing a song, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it hide it under a bush. Oh no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under, like, no, I'm not gonna hide it. And then there was the part that said, don't let Satan, and we would all go, blow it out. Have you had your light blown out because of what's going on in culture and you're afraid to get canceled? You don't wanna be called any kind of phobic on anything. You don't wanna talk with people, share with people, but, but we're called to shine the light of Jesus into a world that is so dark to say, here comes the light. And the light brings hope and the light brings healing.